Nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Sorry, mate. I didn't realize you were recording. I was just, uh, I was watching El Nombre there. It's on the telly all the place here. Oh, aye. Good. Is that the Spanish TV drama? <laughs> aye. Funny enough, uh, it's uh, number nine for it just now. El Nombre knows the score, you know what I mean? El Nombre knows the score. What's nine in Spanish? Uh, I've, no, I've not actually watched the episode yet. That was just the intro starting, mate. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> hey, what's happening? Nothing much, mate. All good. All hey, good. Uh, I've just got a glass of water this week, mate. I'm afraid I am, well, early doors this week, so, and I'm studying, so. What, what, what? What, what, what? Aye. I, 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 really really like I didn't really want to ask what you were drinking, mate, because I know what the answer was going to be, and I didn't really want to know. Cinco Estrellas, my man. Five stars, a can of mahu. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. A mahu on mahu. I don't know. I don't know, mate. Um, speak English, never mind Spanish. Well, I'm currently, in case you've no guessed, Fail Nombre in a can of mahu. I'm currently trapped in the Costa del Sol. Free the um, Springborn one. I'm trapped. Um, absolutely don't know what to do with myself. Um, I travelled here on. So just to give MJ's um, listener a timeline, Nicola Sturgeon. Ends the quarantine requirement for people travelling uh, home from Spain on the Tuesday. I fly to Spain on the Thursday. The Scottish Government reintroduce the quarantine period for Spain <laughs> on Saturday. Um, so I've, I've kind of got a couple of options. I might I was going to come home on Thursday or come home next Monday, but um, now that I'm bedding in here in, in Malaga, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe heading up to Granada for the weekend and just just enduring this hell for another few days, you know. It's a nightmare, mate. It's, it's really tough times you find yourself in, I feel for you. Aye. I'm going to start just giving us something uh, in the next few days. Aye, we'll, we'll get a, we'll hire a C-130 plane after military and we'll get you home. Emergency evac. It's not the getting home that's the issue, mate. It's the fact I'm going to need to sit in my gaff for a fortnight when I get up the road. It's the real issue. How am I going to show this turn off? Sitting in your gaff for three months anyway. How am I going to show this to Anna? You know what I mean? Instagram, mate, like everybody else. Like everybody else. Um, well, we have actually got something to talk about. We, we have. There was football this week. There was football this week. But I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, as as, as, uh, as is the, the way we do things around here. Um, I hope you know the answer to this one. Don't say that. In 2017, Celtic won the league at the earliest point ever recorded. How many games were left in the season? Was it nine? Is that your final answer? I don't know why, just that came to my head. I just, I mean, I'm not going to be able to do it anyway, but... Well, as El Nombre would say, no, senor. Oh, there was eight. It is ocho. Did we have the chance to win it with nine games and we fluffed it? Uh, I don't think so. No, because we only dropped uh, eight points that season. <laughs> um, so I don't imagine. So didn't we win it away to Hearts? 
Uh, Paddy Roberts going that ripper. That's the one. Aye, it's 2017, yep. That was a cracker. Um, <coughs> so, that was the year that's it now. Ming and Pink struck, wasn't it? Indeed. And the streak Ah, well. The streak keeps Can going. You're up there, anyway. That was close, by the way. That's that. hit the bar with that one. You're uh, up there with uh, the Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know uh, the streak. The streak keeps <laughs> running, my man. You'll get one eventually. Okay. Eventually. Mate. So let's uh, let's move on to the news, eh? Let's move on. Uh, there's been there's been. <laughs> it looks like there's actually some action going on. Huh? Uh, there's a bit of movement. There's some actual news happening. Aye. Um, what do you want to start with? Start with a big dog. Uh, big Vasilis. Big Barkas. Big Marcus. Vasilis Barkas. It's some name, isn't it? That is a bit football manager region, but still, it's a cracker. It's a cracker name. Um, aye, so Celtic have, it, it looks like, had a £5 million pound or euro uh, these days. Uh, as a kind of test over the past week. As a kind of test over the past week these days, it's not a big difference between them, mate. No. Um, Celtic with a five million euro bid accepted for uh, Greek international goalkeeper. As you say, it was Vasily Barkas, Vasilius. Uh, Vasilis. Vasilis Barkas, um, who has been playing for AT Athens, I think, for three or four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty-six years old, six foot five. Um, by all accounts, looks a really promising um, prospect. Rumor is that he's flying uh, on the Demet Desmond Express to Glasgow today to, to finalise the deal over the course of the next coming uh, couple of days. So I've got two questions for you, Rab. Mm-hmm. First of all, does he start on Sunday? Is he an automatic into the team starter? And second of all, uh, obviously for the, for, the, for the limited information that we've got about this guy. So, firstly, I don't think he'll play on Sunday, purely because I just, I don't know, it's a bit short notice. I know it's nearly a week, but I don't know how, does this guy speak English? I have no idea. Exactly. And I don't know how much a pre-season that he's had in Greece either, so I don't I don't really know. But I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, goalkeepers are uh, tricky to bed into the team. And flinging him in at a deep end, first uh, home game, of the, or first league game of the season might be a bit, bit of a big ask. It's no like putting somebody in a winger or a centre mid where you can hook them at and they're gone if they're having a stinker. It's, it's not the same for goalies. And their mistakes cost you games, unfortunately. So I don't think we'll see him this weekend, but I don't think it'll be too long before he's in the team, I would imagine. If you're paying five, six million euros for a guy, that's first team material. You don't go out and spend that, have him sitting on the bench. Just before you answer the, the second question, uh, it looks as though, just for the, the, the limited information I've got here, that he's actually been playing all summer, mate. So he's played, it looks as if the Greek League has been postponed in some way or another because... Um, they've just finished the last fixture on the 19th of July where they lost 3-0 to Olympiacos and that's games on the 30th of August so he actually as you mentioned about his pre-season similar good well he's actually uh, well aye, he's got a week he's on the bench aye, by the he's way got a, he's got a week then roughly to, to bed in with the rest of the back four or five and see how, how he gets on I'd be surprised I mean I don't think it's out with the realms of possibility that he would play on Sunday but I would be surprised Eh. Uh, your second question, I am happy with that. He's the right age, he's the right profile, the type of player that we want to get in. And most importantly for me, he's, um, we're not playing second fiddle to anybody. He wants to come, he wants to be here, he wants to play for Celtic. Mm-hmm. So that's the most important thing for me, I think. Whereas if Foster really wanted to come, really wanted to play for Celtic, apparently 
it would be here by now. So, aye. Well, the rumour with Foster is uh, over the course of the last few days. Now, I mentioned about a month ago that the club had released that sort of rumour that he didn't want to come to what looked to me like a few sort of pointed um, sort of media insiders. Um, folk that they know would be able to pass that message on, you know, and, and, and kind of basically let fans know what was happening, that the club had made all efforts possible, but Foster didn't want to come. But the same token over the past few days, rumours have started to circulate that the reason Foster didn't come was because at 32 years old, he made two years left in his deal. He didn't want to come to Celtic on loan for another season with an option to buy. He wanted to come here permanently if the club were going to sign him. So basically the idea that Celtic were going to loan him again with, with an agreed fee at the end of it didn't float his boat. He wanted to come here and sign here permanently. It doesn't really make any now, sense. Why that would be, I don't know. It's not as if at the end of that loan, they, we wouldn't sign him. It's very unlikely. So, yeah, well, you don't know. You don't know. Because if, if, if you bear in mind, at 32, you know, if, if he comes here on loan for a season, as has happened in, his, in the past, him, he gets a bad injury. He's potentially sitting there at 33 years old, where a year left in his deal at Southampton, where he doesn't look like he's going to get a game. And he's kind of starting again. Whereas if he joins Celtic in a three, four year deal, he has that security for his job for the next three, four years. And it's probably, to be honest as well, Rab, the last big contract he's going to get in his career. You know, it's, it's by the by now because it looks as if we're no going for him. And that's fine. I wish him all the best for the future. I'm sorry it's worked out like this. But I can, in some respects, see why, if that is the case, he feels that way. Because if we want him, we should go and get him. And leaving him at 33, we're a year left of his deal at Southampton. You know, potentially, you know, you know what happens in football it could be anything that goes on. Um, you know, that, that, that potentially could leave him in a in a bad spot. So I can I can I can see why the guy maybe wants that security. But if Celtic only willing to offer him that, and well, we've not got the finances to pay seven eight million pounds for a thirty two year old, and we, you know, we're wanting to buy own money, whatever it would be. Um, you know, I can see why they come off. I don't think we were ever going to buy him permanently, to be honest, unless we were given you know, a ridiculous deal for him, like two or three million. We're never going to pay five upwards of five million pounds for thirty-two year old, nearly thirty-three year old Fraser Forster. So I don't. That's a, it's really weird. And the fact as well that he's got he's on call it sixty grand a week. I don't know. Plus, he'll not get anywhere near thirty grand a week here. So I mean, his four-year deal at us is the same as his two-year deal at Southampton. <laughs> Aye. Well, I mean, I guess there'd be loyalty bonuses tied in there as well, or whatever it could be. I, I don't know the ins and outs, and it could be what I'm hearing is a lot of nonsense, but but that that is the the rumour. Um, I'm I'm up for Barkas. I, I I don't think we can. I like his pedigree. I think Athens are a big club, um, and I think that playing for the the Greek international team, you know, at 24, 25, as he's been doing for the past, uh, you know, as he's been the number one for the past few years, is is a great pedigree to have in. I don't think we've been lucky with keepers over the past 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? We've not really had any badges. Um, again, in an ideal world, it would be Bain, Gordon and Barkas. But I think if we get Barkas in and we can bring somebody else in, and I know this might you know, be overkill because Bain is a reliable backup goalkeeper, but you know, I would like us to bring somebody else in. Hazard would be a decent um, deputy. No. No, I think we should loan, we should give young goalkeepers in the academy as much playing time as possible. I just don't see the value in it. Um, you've got guys over the years at Celtic have come through the academy, even back to your David Marshalls and that sort of stuff that have gone through and had terrific careers. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Fox, another one, you know, has made a career for himself in the league. 
I think the best thing we can do for these young guys as opposed to, you know, it's different. Celtic have always had this. We've spoken about it before, but in my view, even dating back to the likes of Mark Brown, uh, we strike and Celtic have always paid well to have decent understudy goalkeepers. You know, for 15 years or so, we've always paid goalkeepers decent wages to sit on the bench. And I, I think it's one of the few circumstances where the club actually put their money in their pocket to, you know, to get a player in and, and you know, don't get maximum value for them because I think it's a... Uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good, it's a good tactic. It's a good way to do things is to, to give yourself a solid backup. I don't mm-hmm. think Hazard's there yet, um, and I think he'd be best out playing somewhere else. And by the way, I've, I've heard, I'm sure you have as well, a few supporters that are some, um, a few Partick Thistle supporters right. that he wasn't the finished product, or anywhere near the finished product when he was there. So I think we should be cautious Just of that. Touching on that, we've still, we're here. Um, looks like Duhan's going to join County as well. So, aye, Good. first team games. I think that's why I never asked him. Do you think 200? I think he's off. Thank you, Billy. He'll play first team for them this year. Aye. Well, maybe if he's going to, it's going to be one of Duhan or Hazard. You know, it could be that one or the other um, is going to go on loan. But, but I would like to, I would like to see even if they could into a couple of divisions or something. Like that, I think for goalkeepers, it's better to aye. to play as much aye. as they possibly can in the youth. There is. There's another signing. Um, we could. Well, there's another perspective signing or rumoured signing, um, which is uh, the big man Ayeti West from, Aim. Um, from West Ham. West Aim. Um, is Albion. Albion? Yeah, Albion, Albion Ayeti. His name is. So, uh, he looks like a big striker. Um, I believe he, he might have played with El Unice at um, yes. Basel. What do you think? I think that would be a, a, another good uh, acquisition. He looks looks decent, looks handy. Uh, scores with both feet, good in the air as well. And he's obviously had that experience playing with El Nusi. I don't. I think that El Nusi's obviously had a word to him as well and said, "Look, if you come here, you probably play. It's a good, good enough standard, and that you'll be able to get goals and get yourself either in the shop window or you'll be able to actually stay permanently and get playing in Europe. Good stage for him. So he's got a kind of similar career profile." To you see, I think at the moment, so two of them were on fire at Basel, playing really well. That excellent Basel side there a few years ago, and then they both get their big moves mm-hmm. to middle slash bottom English Premier League sides, and they've struggled a bit, career stalled a bit. So now they're trying. Elnusi's obviously got to get getting himself back on track up up here with Celtic, and he's sold that idea. I think to. A Yeti and a big man, if he can come up, I reckon he'll be good. He'll be able to bang a few goals in mm-hmm. and I put himself in either the shop window for moving on somewhere else or for actually staying with us for the, what, five million, I think the option is, apparently. It's an awful lot. It's still a lot of money. Well, you tell him to move, yeah. The option is the loan we are, we are five million mm-hmm. pound option to buy at the end. How many, how many goals has he got to score to cost us five million, Jank? Mm-hmm. Upwards of 20. But I've got another question for you. Um, and I guess this is quite a long question, but I'm giving you options here, right? So um, is Ayeti option A, Edward's immediate replacement? Is he option B, Griffith's immediate replacement? Option C, the third choice striker that is going to be playing as part of a 3-5-2, rotating way Griffiths probably? Or is it option D, which is that he's being signed the same way that Edward was signed, with a long-term view of replacing Dembele, except he'll be the long-term view of replacing Edward the year, can you? 
Yeah, A, B, C, or D. Combination of B and D, to be honest. Because um, right. I, I know that Griffiths got some stick, and then as of yesterday afternoon, after the game, Lennon's come out and said he's looked, he had, he's, don't think he's seen him in better shape than what he is just now. He's only a week to 10 days away from full full sharpness, he reckons. So that's that's good. But I just I think the patience within the coaching staff is still maybe running out a wee bit and his reliability. It's not that he's not a great asset to the club and a good player. On his day, he is the best Scottish striker there is, I think, at the moment, by considerable uh, by a considerable way. But it's his reliability and his overall professionalism that's been called into question a bit. And if Celtic really want to push on and be this kind of knocking at the door of European elite clubs, then they kind of have players like that that don't take the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week professional athlete mindset seriously. And I think Griffiths is just not doing that. But I I can see the, the club basically thinking about kind of medium to long term with us because the guy's, what, 23? Ayeti? 23, mm, so yes, 23. tie him down for 5 million now. If Griffiths and or Edward move on, then you've got a replacement there with him and Klamala. You can play the two up top. Bio's obviously no cutting it because he's nowhere near the squad for any of these games. So he's obviously out yeah. of the picture in a big way. So you've got two strikers there that you would have for potentially four or five seasons. Uh, so And you would get the best out of them in that window. So I think it is a combination of both an immediate pushing Griffiths on and a long, a medium to long-term replacement for Eddie. I, I agree with you, mate. I, I certainly hope that's the case and that it isn't viewed as a more immediate replacement for Eddie. I think Lenny's played a bit of a blinder um, with Griffiths over the past few weeks and it's a real credit to his, his development as a manager because if you remember after the 2013, uh, 2010 sorry, Scottish Cup semi-final, I think it was County, he came out and absolutely slated the squad and sort of Gerard done it a few times last season at Rangers, you know, where he came out and sort of just threw them under the bus a wee bit, but then comes out a wee bit later and sort of, you know, that's what Gerard could do because they were never good enough, but, you know, balanced that up by being the first to sort of offer them praise. I think that what he's done here is, I think he's he's looked at Griffiths. I think he's looked at the way he's came back, the shape he's come back in. And whilst he's sticking with Griffiths, he's still working on developing Griffiths. He moves elsewhere to minimise the impact potentially that Griffiths' poor form or attitude success of the team for this coming season because it looks Griffiths, you know, I'll work with you, well done, you've done excellent, and on the other hand, he's went out and basically replaced him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good that he's doing this because, as we mentioned before, how many chances is Griffiths going to get um, before, you know, we decide that we can't, uh, you know, can't take any more gambles on him. Just to say, we scored nearly 90 goals last season in 29 league games. That's a lot of goals in our team. You know, Julian had four or five um you know, we, we had, I think, what is it, Christy, 11 Christy goals. Forrest had plenty as well, right? We scored a lot of goals last season. And for me, if we're going to play 3-5-2, all we are doing when we sign a Yeti is adding more goals to the team. Is your, uh, your neighbour at the back? Do you have a on this? I don't know where it is. I think it's the 
woman next door's grandson. <laughs> he is uh, watching him live. So I think for me it looks as if Griff, uh, Lenny's played a blinder here. He's publicly criticised and then backed Griffiths, but by the same token, he's kind of just went, no, I'm not taking a chance on you, and, and basically replaced his, his role. For me personally, I would like to see a rotation between the three of them. Um, I would like us to play a 3-5-2, and I wouldn't mind seeing Griffiths coming in out of the team, um, but I'm glad that the club have taken steps to to give us another option up front, because we can't just rely on Eddie the way we had to be done. No, because it's, all it takes is a pulled hamstring, or, I don't know, a rolled ankle, basically, and you could be out for upwards of four or five weeks uh, and that's yeah and then we end up uh, back where we were in 2017 when we've got Sinclair uh, and Paddy Roberts running a bit up front because yep. we've made back um, up and as well I think as much as Griffiths is looking sharp and he has in good physical condition according to Lenny his calves are still an issue he still pings a calf every so often mm-hmm. so aye it's sensible he's right you're right I'm, I'm happy with what it looks as though the type of business that we're trying to do with these guys at the moment. Do you think we still need a, a centre-back and a left-back? Uh, yes, we need a centre-back. <laughs> See if it was up to me, we would sign a centre-back that could play... An El Hamed type? Or a left-back that can... Yes, yes, exactly that on the left. Somebody that can play that predominantly is a left-back. I think we miss a bit uh, of height at left-back. I would like us to have a, a player in who could come in when we're playing away in Europe or something like that and really shore up that back line. Um, I think when you see Frimpong and Taylor both in the same team, you're dealing with a lot of guys there who are under six fit. You know, there's no many players in the team. Out with them, you're looking at Christie's with five other than then out with they two, yeah. you've got Edward and that's it. So I think we're, we're, you know, we're potentially leaving ourselves open to set pieces if we're doing, um, you know, if we're playing with a back four that's, that's Frimpong and Taylor. And so I'd like us to get a left back in that's a bit taller, a bit stronger in the air, um, you know, and gives us the option of of the big right back or the wee right back, the big left back and the wee left back. Um, but again, what that means is the ball is no, not going to be there. Um, I think we do. I think we also need a, a winger, preferably on loan, um, you know, that we could get into that can play left or right, similar to El Unice, um, but maybe who wouldn't be expecting to sort of break into the first team in Australia. Maybe a young player for a, a bigger club down south. Um, I say bigger as in one of the bigger English clubs, not a bigger right. club than us, if you know what I mean. Um <laughs> But, you know, somebody that maybe is breaking through into a, a Chelsea or a Man United that could be doing a bit of game time because I, I don't fancy going into the season where El Unice, Forrest and Johnston is really the only so thing. So fancy Dembele from the, the friendlies in? No. Interesting. No. Uh, just a couple of pieces of news. Have you got anything uh, else you want to touch on the news? Your stuff, but that's... I mean, that's... Uh, yes. It's not really... So, just for those that don't know... Because um, I wanted, I think that's a good thing to touch on, mate. Um, Scottish clubs have done their own home season tickets this year, but a few clubs have announced that they will be offering pay per view to supporters um, of of opposition teams to sit down, log into an account, and basically purchase a one half ticket for an home as well. Um, I think the only the well. only um, um, stipulation is that it isn't being shown on Sky Sports. You can buy it as long as it's not on Sky. Well, most Celtic. Most Celtic games tend to be uh, away games. Uh, most of them tend to be shown on Sky. But just to get an idea that the price range, there's no guidance for the SPFL on how much these pay-per-view yeah, should cost. And the prices are, are quite um, range. A significant yeah. range between them. 
So I think the the kind of usual the, the expected price is about twelve pound fifty. Uh, it ranges from most twelve teams. to twenty quid, I believe. And the highest I've seen Livingston at twenty pounds, which is ridiculous, mate. Honestly, God, twenty quid 20... to sit and watch Livy. <laughs> it's like, just everything about them is just a nuisance, isn't it? Like it's <sighs> it's like Hamilton Aki's on the about about in the backside at a backside after this. It's just see you go to Tony Mac Stadium. It's just a terrible <laughs> experience. You're watching. They're watching them, you know, playing an ice rink basically. You know, I mean, you can't actually get a whole decent game of football on it because it's the pitch is, you know, horrendous. It's, you know, you, there's nothing in there. The ground's, you know, the ground looks like a Aye. storage depot inside and something else. I said beauty outside. It's just, and then they're doing this now. They want to charge twenty quid for a single game. I hope, honestly, I just, I hope this is your, the year, man. I'd love to see them and Aki's go down about time, um, surely, at some point in the next couple of seasons. I'm Sick of the back teeth of the ball for them, man. And Livingston, fair play to them. You know, they, they seem to be doing well and put their team in the park and they always seem to take points off Rangers. But honestly, just that's that's just sums them up, to be honest with you. Just a complete nuisance here, club. It's just nothing there, man. Like, you go to the ground and you've got three quarters of the stadium. Do you know what I mean? And, and the home end isn't even full. I don't... It's just... It's just, it's just so and it's completely irrelevant. I still think we're playing Livingston away. We pay Livingston the 20 quid mm-hmm. for the pay-per-view. Right, OK. Yes. You don't pay Celtic yes. TV, whatever they're going to charge to show the away game. I mean, you could. I mean, that I think that's what most folk, you know, Celtic TV will show away games out with uh, the UK and Ireland. So there's, you know, it's going to be one of these things where unless Livia will really call you about it, I think there'll be a plethora of, uh, of uh, Dickie streams out there I for would, folk to get their horns on, you know what I mean? Especially for that at uh, 20 quid, you know. People, I would have thought that, that stream, you right? would have to pay the home team directly so I, I couldn't pay for an away game through Celtic I would need to pay Kilmarnock, Hibs, Livy, whoever for their service it's the same as buying a ticket isn't it mm-hmm. basically I, it's basically the same um, but just, just one yeah. final point then on the news and also on the broadcast uh, I think this is good news uh, Sky replacing with Big Bad John Big Bad John's in there now. Big Bad John is the best pundit, and, and he, he, I don't know if you've seen a few years ago his his uh, article in the Sun where he demanded that the supporters who were involved in the Dens Park riots of uh, 2000, 2013, 2012, um, he, he wanted them sacked for their jobs. You know, he, he's a bit over the top with that stuff. But um, Big Bad John's taken over Chris Chris Commons' role in Sky Sports, and for me, that's only an upgrade um, in terms of his actual punditry. Um, Celtic, former Celtic players have got a habit of turning on the club when they join the press and Big Bad John's, you know, the, you know, he's not even at the, the top of the list for folk that have done that and he does find the club's uh, case uh, more often than not. But um, I just could have listened to Chris Collins oh, and Chris Boyd for each other for the season. chronic, mate. the pair of them are just so bad. I just, Chris Collins just, I don't know what it is about him. Well, I don't know what it is about him. He hates Celtic for some reason, but... He was just a nightmare. He was terrible. Like he was one of the ones where, as soon as you see his face on the, the telly, you just mute it. You're like, nah, fair enough. Right, uh, immense. He was absolutely immense. Uh, um, so I'm glad to see the back of days. Um, to be honest with you, that's, that's um, I've got one, one final, games final one. Oh, sorry, I can't go. Did you see that Basel didn't so manage to overturn the eight-point deficit? So now we are seeded for all the Champions League games, the qualifiers. I so that's good news. I mean, that's, it isn't, uh, isn't it? Because news. it's good news because we obviously not get paired against the better teams. But I'm still 
relatively worried about getting drawn away from home in every single round. <laughs> in a one-off game, the only thing is again, there's no supporters in well, the grounds. You know, I don't know if they'll apply. I don't know if UEFA. They would probably be right to just uniformly apply a rule that says these games mm-hmm. are behind closed doors That's because otherwise, you know, you're potentially. Aye. Bye. That's that's it. Um, yeah, the uh, two two quick points actually. I've just realised that I'd left them separate in my notes. Um, Hearts <laughs> confirmed is down yesterday. Yes. I think you'd see me where I'm standing. Saluting four and a half months. Studio. Four and a half months of stamping um, feet public petulant ways. Um, my feet and gone mental and um, it's finally came to a close yesterday when a, a, court, is it a court of arbitration, I don't think it was a task, but I think it was an arbitration court, like an actual legal court, basically threw it out of court and said that there was no legal grounds for me. He's hardly won any games um, and that's that, so bye. I feel sorry for Chris, so I know. And we'll say that, um, definitely I feel sorry for him, but uh, it's worth it for me to see the Jambos go down and I, I, truth be told, I had an image in my head for years, and it and it just became clear I wouldn't go and sing for them, of Celtic going to Tyne Castle on a Wednesday night next April, you know, four points clear of Rangers, but Rangers have got a game in hand, you know, and Hearts beating us 2-0, similar to what they did in 2003, you know, with, with that Austin yeah. McCann ripper, you know, that, that costs us a league, and I just, I just thought to myself, if anybody's going to stop us doing the 10, it will only be Rangers directly. It would be hearts and they're gone. That's, I mean, I did, I, I did have it in my head that I thought that if they stayed up, and Craig Gordon would have one of the games of his career against us at some point. Like one of the ones that it's just yeah. everything he had that should go in, just he was fingertipping it around the post mm-hmm. or these mad reaction saves that he's got, just pulling them right out the bag, left, right, and centre. So I, I'm happy and well chuffed about that. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with that. Um, that they're a nightmare. Um, but I, I hope they're not in there for too long because I do like going to Tynecastle. Right. It's not a bad grunt. Um, but but this season, oh, I'm not happy with that. I think in, in reality, you really should have both Edinburgh teams in the Premier League. You really should be there. In terms of marketability for the league as well, it's another derby to put on the telly. It's got a bit of spice to it. And you're right, Tynecastle is a good place to go as a fan. It's a good ground. Um, and you do want a bit of competition, but I don't want any competition this year. I want the league done with nine games to spare. No. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, and just, just to finish off the right, news, because um, it has been quite a long news segment, but right. I think we'll be quite short on the games. Just to finish off the news, it looks as though Freddie Morelos is on his road. Uh, I don't really know if I want to go. Um, I know that sounds um, a, bit, a bit mad, but... Freddie Manelos has got a self-destruct button that no player I've ever seen. Uh, and it doesn't just come on the part during the game, but it also comes at some point in the season where he just stops scoring goals. And I really <laughs> like that about him. I really like the fact I really like the fact that he's got that switch that he can just completely stop doing what he does, you know, in, in scoring goals. And I think that's a I thought it was really telling when Lustig said last year it was just a case I was waiting for Rangers to capitulate. Because that tells me that the Celtic players know that at some point another Rangers will capitulate, and I think he embodies that. I think he is the personification of we can't last mm. a full season under this pressure. So if he goes and they replace him with a couple of decent centre forwards, you know, could he do I, that? I, I think it's. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, well, that's what we don't know, isn't it? 
I don't know. It's they've got that Steven Gerrard draw. I feel like, but other than that, they're not going to pay wages like we can, and they're not going to pay wages like teams in the Championship in England can. And that's the market that they're in. They're they're scouting about the kind of top of League One, bottom of the Championship, and then the loan market. That's where they're kind of dipping in and out of at the moment. So it's that's hard. It's hard to get a good striker because if you're good, you teams in England are not going to let you go. So I don't know, mate. Do you know what? I've got a feeling, mate. I've got a sneaky feeling, mate, and it's just an inclination at this point. I think Troy Dean's going to end up up here this summer. I think Troy Dean's going to end up in Scotland, and I don't know at who. It could be us. I, I, I doubt that. Feeling he's going to end up up big way. I honestly do, mate, because he, he could he could play for a Brighton, a Bournemouth, or a, not a Bournemouth, a Brighton or a Aston Villa. A team that has just survived in the Premier League this year could probably step into their team neighbour. I would say he would even do a good job at an Everton or a West Ham. So I think he won't be short of offers in England, put it that way. Do you remember three or four weeks ago when we sat in this very podcast speaking to this very, having this very same conversation and I said to you, free agents in the future might find these rumours not going away in the summer. <laughs> certainly is, damn it, man. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, you know, you stick with me on this. Right? I've got a sneaky feeling that Trudy is going to find his way up here at some point. Right, well, he heard it here first. ITK, <laughs> ITK. I haven't got him on Snapchat um, or something. Eh? Okay, so listen, man. If you keep spouting off of these rumours out in the in the ether, one of them is going to come. His through. agent will find out eventually. Um, so there's a couple of games this weekend. Yes, Should we start go. at the top? Um, Celtic played on Saturday. They played against Ross yes. County at home. Yes, we did. Played a full-strength team. So most of the game? it, um, It was all right. So the first first half we was very professional. In fact, the whole the whole performance could be that's that could be the adjective used for it. It was a professional performance. I was the only thing that let us down is I would have liked a couple more goals in the second half, but all in, I don't think we looked threatened. Um, a decent game, I. I mean, it was just kind of. It was. It reminded me of maybe ten games into the season, Saturday afternoon, Celtic at home, Ross County two 0 All right, good. And there's nothing really else to write home about. You're just like, ah, job done. Mm-hmm. But. Um, one thing I did make a note of was that I just asked the question, have we ever come through a game against Ross County unscathed? Well, the answer is yes, because he's because uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the, the Greg Taylor challenge, um, amongst others. Um, there was a pretty bad tackle with your man Gillen. Um, absolutely flew in on, uh, on Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor had his body between the, the right back and the ball, and he still tried to kind of his weak foot tackle across Taylor and ended up sort of leaning quite heavily yeah. on his on his shin or his, his ankle and, and rolling it. Um, it could have been bad and it looks as if thankfully it is just a, a sort of bump of trauma well, as Lenny could. said but that could have been a badge and, and again thankfully it looks like he's going to be fit for this weekend but I mean, you're right mate it was a pretty bad all, tackle. Everyone in, is in the same boat we're all a week away for the kick off of the season what are you diving in like that for? Nut job man mm-hmm. hatchet man I thought the game. I think you're right. I think Celtic were quite Celtic were quite professional, but I thought the game. Um, 
I thought County defended well. I was quite impressed with them defensively. They, they packed the back line, four or five across the back at all times. The two centre midfielders sitting deep in front of them. And it was a good challenge for us to sort of, you know, break teams down. Um, I thought Taylor actually played really well and he led to, to Cole Davidson scoring an own goal for the first goal. We had a good bond at the box. It was wicked. Um, and then Mohamed El Yunus, we had a terrific finish. Very good goal. Um, for, the, for the second that's exactly what you want your left finger to be doing, cutting inside to the penalty spot, you know, and, and picking up the chances. So uh, it was good. I thought Taylor I thought and Elnusi uh, looked as though they were starting to develop a real partnership as well down that left side, which was good because we had that last season with Bolly, who was the first when he was in his good spell. Him and Elnusi looked absolutely frightening down that left. So I'm happy that Taylor's managed to pick it up because mm-hmm. it, it looks to me as if Taylor's going to be the first choice left back, and obviously Elnusi's going to play left mid. Well, you, you took the, the word out of my mouth there. Do you think that line-up from uh, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. obviously Taylor's injury pending, do you um, think that will be the starting 11 for the season? Probably. I feel really hard. It's a shame. For, I feel bad for Encham. Because I think he deserves a starting 11 spot, but there's, there's just you can only put 11 on the park, can't you? There's only 11 spots. But I, I would be surprised if there was much change from the Ross County starting 11 and... and uh, Hamilton in it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that's probably so the start of Um I think you're right. I would actually like to see him give Cham the start yep. over Christie this Sunday, just purely because he's Cham's been you know pretty professional over the course of pre-season and has effectively captained the reserves. Purely for a sort of emotive perspective, I'd like to see Cham get a start uh, at the very least, get the second half if, if we can get a couple of goals in the first, hopefully, but. Um, I I think I think that will be the starting at eleven as well. Obviously, pending Taylor's injury, um, unless you know, as we mentioned, the keeper comes in mm-hmm. and just Aye. goes in straight away. You know. Uh, I, I well, you never saw the game yesterday, did you? Game minutes, game? The most. Okay. Well, it was quite interesting um, for a number of reasons, but but uh, Celtic played Hibs yesterday and won three one. Um, or I should say Celtic reserves played Hibs yesterday in in one three one. Um, it was it was absolutely bucket ending for the duration of the game. It was quite I think the conditions were quite poor um, for for them to play on, um, but they they did really well. I thought uh, it was a weird one for the first twenty twenty five minutes. It was a really hard watch. Hibs took the lead um, through a, a right handed volley for a young guy who's only eighteen, but looked like I think he took it really well. Aye, aye, he's left fitted as well. I left and took it with his right, so um, he played well. He played at left mid, and I thought he well, kind of left wing back, left mid, and he, I thought he he defended uh, Karamoko really well for, for the duration of the game as well, despite the fact that he is near full back. Um, so they Hibs took the lead, um, and then basically, silly kind of Karamoko scored just before half time, and in the second half, uh, Lennon brought on Luca Connell, and it was hard to tell whether or not that changed the game, but it's certainly, it's certainly. Mm-hmm. He looked really good, Luke O'Connell. Um, I was really surprised. We were sharing a text before the game where I was saying, God, right. he must be mince if he can't even get into the B team. Um, and I don't know why he's not been playing because he looked terrific. He just gets the ball, turns in, mm-hmm. and just immediately looks for that ball at the tap. And if it's no one, he looks for the ball at wide. And if it's no one, he moves it back to the full-backs. And then the centre-half, so it looks like he's going through yeah. a process every time he gets it. And he's no fear to try... And make a pass, and more often than not, based on yesterday, they were going to work. Aye, I, that's, he was really, really I've got a list of players that I did a search through Twitter, I kept up with the game online, and a couple of other group chats, and I've got a list of players that 
by the looks of it, get pass marks and Connell is the top of that list. Um, I, Connell, Sorrow and Cham, they were the main main offenders. So Sorrow's going to be an interesting player, mate. Um, Sorrow's going to be a really interesting one because he's got this touch, I don't know if you've all seen this, but he's got this touch where if the ball comes to the centre half, he would touch it to his left or his right a good three or four feet away from him give yourself a bit of space and then he gets his head up and looks for the pass. And I know this sounds a bit cheeky, but it's really refreshing to see a Celtic player do that. Because more often than not, when the centre-half passes a ball into your central midfielders, they'll feel the pressure behind them coming for a player and just pass it back, or they'll pass it out to the full-backs. Sorrow was taking the ball, ruining a guy, just, or even sideways, and passing it out to the, the winger. And he was doing it all the time. Every time he got the ball, he was just making a yard of space for himself and passing it out wide. And it just meant we cut through that entire midfield line. We weren't passing it back to a fullback who had to trudge forward, and if you know, it was just a case of get the ball, turn and pass it forward, uh, and it, it, it looked really good. It looked he looks very direct, tidy on the ball. Defensively, his positioning was very good. Uh, good. You know, he, he looks like he's going to well, be a good, good player. Because I think I was kind of worried that he might have turned out to be a bit of a Bukowski type who had this promise but never really delivers. So fingers crossed, um, he can mm-hmm. be trusted to come in and deputise for Brown. And these uh, mid, like these, when we get to the European competitions, and you've got Thursday, Sundays, or hopefully Tuesday, Wednesday games as well. We play so, aye, good, happy with that. Aye, and young, uh, right, young sorry, Henderson, aye, I did see that as well. Did, did well, aye. played well. Clamala's a funny one, and um, he really seemed to split an opinion yesterday. Um, some folk were saying he's a cludger, you know, he just kind of looks as if he's sort of, uh, you know, jumping about, banging into folk and sort of, you know, his first touch looks a bit weak. Other folk, you know, my cousin Sean was sort of saying he looks like he's going to be a really good player. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's he kind of divided opinion a wee bit. He, he looks raw and his first touch definitely does need some work. Um, but there's a couple of times I said he would have got the ball down and he turned and he just ran at the, the Hibs defenders who weren't, you know, bad players. Um, and he was just running past them. You know, and it looked quite impressive. It looks as if he's got a bit of speed to him, a bit of pace and directness. Um, his, I'm sure you've seen the goals. Griffiths beats his man with a terrific bit of footwork and then chips the goalkeeper. Um, the boy's kind of <clears throat> moving towards the net and Clamalla just runs, it. <laughs> runs in and puts it into the net. At first, I was a wee bit thinking, will Griffiths spit the dummy out with that? But uh, when I look back at it, Clamalla definitely made the right decision. Um, you know, if the ball's not in the net, put it in the net. You know, don't don't wait for it so somebody else gets credit. Um, he's jobs to score right. goals and, and no, definitely And the last goal, back post chipped. I think it was Ralston that got a wee touch on it, and he's he's where he needs to be at the back post and and, and heads in. Kamala heads in for a tight angle. Um, so good right. exercise That's for good him. Good to see him get a couple of goals. Score Celtic player scoring for inside the six yard box as well. It's I don't think we've really had a six-yard box kind of predator type since Gary Hooper, to be honest. And well, he scored three goals in pre-season, Rob, and, and the accumulated distance for the goal and all three of them. Well, good. Minutes. There we go. We've got our man. We've got him back. Right. We've, we've got our man. Um, aye. So go for it. A quick trip to Candy Corner then. St. Rock's go beat this weekend in the Donator Ticket Cup. Um, we lost to Cumnock um, from Ayrshire, who we got about we, we we sold I think about seven hundred and fifty tickets out of five each. 
which is just over three and a half grand worth of donations. It's especially a weekend, uh, which is amazing. But then on top of that, coming up, went out and sold over a thousand five pound tickets. Um, so basically raised over five five thousand pounds in the space of a day. They hadn't sold any tickets. Some fishy going morning. on there, mate. And then uh, they all of a sudden, all of a sudden, got uh, over a thousand of them on uh, holiday. He was like, uh, your man holiday was not happy about it. Um, he was uh, he was he was tweeting furiously um, for the duration of it. I don't know, mate. Like you know, you don't know what's going on. It could be a big WhatsApp group some chat. Some size of group chat. Yeah. But man, man, it must be. But then again, you know, Ayrshire, mate. You know, Ayrshire. Aye, it's old mine. Um, but no, that, that's as it. There's, as far as I know, there's no a great deal going on this week. Again, I'm on holiday, so I, I won't really be kept up to date with a lot yet. Um, but we'll start to maybe look at doing sort of player sponsorships and that in the coming weeks. And then once we're certain of the fixtures, we'll get the season books out. Um, so keep, keep it posted on the old St Rock Juniors Twitter nice page one. Uh, if you want to be kept up to date. And uh, is there anything else no, you'd like to add before we move go. on to our final segment of the week? Okay. Uh, moment of the week. Banter Who's years, moment of the week. Years? I'll go first. You, right, you go, go on then. In fact, really quick. So you go first. Um, <laughs> born to reign over us. Congratulations, <laughs> William and Kate. Is that it? Uh, Rangers fans uh, release a banner um, at, uh, <laughs> at half-time during a game at Hillsborough against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, I think it is. Um, and uh, the banner reads, Born two days over us. Congratulations, will you and Kate? Uh, because I think they just get married, or else they were. Hey, no, no, hey, it was hey. the wee man was born, wasn't it? I don't know, mate. Guys, don't keep up with their affairs. Um, either, <laughs> either way, um, <laughs> it was a pretty <laughs> grim banner. They tend to specialise in really terrible TIFOs, don't they, man? It's something else. Aye. Do you remember the? Uh, I'm sorry, because this this doesn't deserve its own banner moment of the week. Um, that maybe aye, banner, banner moment of the week should be a segment as well because uh, less aye. less tweeting, more training. <laughs> remember that one? Oh, there's something else. The gift that keeps cracking. giving. Or even when they went up to oh, they went up to Murray Park and put the banner up to the Your man's IKEA white bed sheets. Right, well, for mine, I'm going to take you to December 2016, where a fierce rivalry was sparked between Little Mix fans and Rangers supporters over uh, a Chris- the Christmas number one, the march to the Christmas number one. Rangers had Joey Garner, but still no trophies, and uh, they were trying to get Dave Clark Fives hit to number one, and they obviously had that massive big Twitter spat with Little Mix fans who were trying to get their song that I don't even know the name of to number one as well. Class, by the way. I mean, like, mm. it's the whole that whole stand section of the internet is something to be admired, I think, in some way. And the power and the mm-hmm. veracity of or I, a point in which that the Little Mix fans defended them was a sight to behold. It was truly excellent. So, so. Uh, this one, like, Stan, like is it just because fan. of the Eminem stuff? Like, is it like the right. obsessive fan? Is that the nature behind it? Do you know what I thought it was? I thought it was Stan <laughs> right. to attention now. That's why you know, people right. use like a word, I stand this person. 
I thought it meant like a stand to attention for this person. Like, no, I mean, no, it's, it's like I'm standing up and insulting you, sort of like stuff. Like I didn't realise it was an actual super fan type behaviour. How utterly bizarre! But I, brilliant little mix fans. I think little, little mix. But what was the outcome? Did they win? Who won? Course they did. No, they just for a second, does it? Twenty-six. Let me double check that. I'm pretty sure they did. UK Christmas number one, two thousand and sixteen. I don't think it was. I think it was Clean Bandit featuring Sean Paul. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's a better song than than both of them. There's been a couple of dirty bandits at Rangers over the years as well, so there's was a poetic justice there, isn't there? Um, Okay, well, sir, I'm, I'm very, I've just finished my Mahu. Uh, I'm going to, I think it's 34 degrees a day, so it's a bit cooler it's than it's been in the past few days, but um, tough I better go back to my, uh, my hellhole when I'm trapped. Uh, when I'm trapped for the foreseeable, I'm going to go and do a bit of sunbathing in the balcony for another one day, and I'll, uh, I'll check in with you. Um, just, just for the record, I've just remembered, this is the first time since this podcast started that we've actually had a competitive Aye, game. That's Should we talk about Sunday Aye, a bit, or do you want to just give a quick prediction? Right, Edward to score two. Three nothing. I, th- I think. I think we're going to go to cleaners room on Sunday. I think this could be a five or six job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the time of the game, half past four. Um, I think that's a tremendous thing. Rangers said Saturday morning. Affairs. Twelve thirty on either Saturday or Sunday, but I suspect it's Saturday morning. That's perfect. That's a really good time for the game. Um, I hope they sell when they lost before then, go up to Aberdeen, drop a couple of points because they could basically start the party early. <laughs> if that's the case. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. And as I say, I think we'll take five or six after on Sunday, as we did last year against Lugies, and we gave them a doing. Um, same. I, I'd hope that we can do the same. So this can't really be asked with how much, to be honest. Don't really particularly like them. No, likewise, uh, again, I'd, I'd like to see them good in at some point. Soon, nice so. one. There you go. Uh, make sure you sun cream up, mate, if you're going on that balcony. That's it. I certainly will, my friend. Don't worry about that. I'll be, uh, I'll be going out like, uh, out <laughs> <laughs> like Griffiths and back like Jimmy Calderwood. Aye, uh, well, right. Catch you later. Right, I'll see, see you later, later folks. Bye bye. Adios, hermano.